0: Some people can just open up a restaurant and not worry about the quality that comes out of there. I'm not one of those people. The work it takes to have that kind of dedication or pride in your food takes time.
1: Welcome to Conversations with Connors, a NetworkWise podcast, and I'm your host, Adam Connors. NetworkWise trains and educates individuals and organizations in the science and art of networking to accelerate sales, personal development, and career opportunities. In Conversations with Connors, I talk with a variety of highly successful individuals in order to gain insights on how they built, maintained, and cultivated their relationships in order to live a life by design, not by default. On this episode, my guest is restaurateur, investor, and pseudo-mayor of Hoboken. His relationship with food is representative of his relationship to the world. To him, good food is more than just a good experience for your taste buds. He likes people to get together around his food. He likes romantic relationships to begin with his food. And I should mention, he's been very successful at doing that. Mario Sturidi, the owner of 10th and Willow in Hoboken, as well as 10th Street Pizza and Pasta, which is right across the street, doesn't take food for granted. He says, most people don't know how to truly taste something great. They don't know what good food is. His standards go well above and beyond your average restaurant owner. It's likely the reason why his pizza was ranked an 8.6 out of 10 by Barstool Sports and why so many people choose to celebrate their magic moments at 10th and Willow. Mario's first restaurant, Tenth and Willow, has now been in business for more than two decades and is thriving. But sustainability for him is more than just top-notch food. It's all about relationships. So with that, it's time we take a deeper dive into the life of my good friend and authentic Italian, Mario Storidi. Mario Storidi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. So, man, there is so much to cover. And how about we start where it all began? Do you mind giving a little background on uh, kind of who you are and uh, what brings you here today?
0: I was born in Italy. My family migrated to the U.S. to a little, the good old neighborhood of Elizabeth, New Jersey. When I was six months old. I'm one of 11. And I'm, I am a professional eater.
1: I don't think uh, anyone that knows you would uh, disagree with that statement. Where did you get this palate that made you a professional leader?
0: My mother was the chef and my father was the quality control. So I think I got it from him.
1: Really? Yeah, because everything
0: he ate was fresh. We ate the leftovers and he got the fresh meal. We would have to run through the leftovers to get to what he was eating. So he was spoiled, but my mother could cook. Yeah. So I was very lucky.
1: I mean, you've sampled some of this stuff. and You've been extremely lucky. Yeah, I sure have, you know? I sure have. So when you say quality control- Taste buds. Just taste buds. Taste buds. Gotcha. And then you've been able to take these recipes, lots of recipes- Old recipes. Old recipes. So not first generation?
0: Oh, no, no. Her mother. My mother's mother, my grandmother.
1: And you were able to bring those over to first, 10th and Willow, and now 10th Street.
0: Pasta and pizza.
1: That's it. I love it. And then you've slowly kind of brought in different recipes.
0: Well, my sister Maria has allowed me to really explore and make that food better because she cooked with my mother. I me, mean, I was able to taste it and show other people how to make it, but now I have someone that's as equally involved with creating the food.
1: Gotcha. Okay. I want to get more into the food a little later. I still want to get into your story. So, okay, Elizabeth, one of 11 easy growing up no not at all why not
0: what do you mean why not Is there, you <laughs> want to know about my parents too my upbringing <laughs> you know your call man what people do you think i'm aggressive for some reason you know they and they think i'm a little crazy that i definitely give both of my parents so it wasn't an easy life no working since i'm a little boy i remember when i was a little boy my mother would take me to the acme i had to be seven eight years old and she would leave me there and she allow me to collect change and walk people's grocery bags to their car because back then in the 70s it had these metal stanchions where you couldn't bring the cart to your car so i would stand there and carry people's bags to their car for the loose change wow that was my first job
1: at seven or eight years old seven or eight years old. while she was shopping
0: no she went home she left me there
1: are you are kidding me no and what number of 11 are you eight Gotcha. And, and brothers and sisters have to go through the same thing oh yeah all of us Everybody.
0: Everybody, except for the youngest ones. They had a little easier because then my siblings were a little older and they were able to help the younger ones. But I was the cutoff for that because there was three born in this country. I was the last one born in Italy. So when they came here, my brother was 16 years older than the youngest one. So he was already working full time. So he was able to add to the income of the house. Gotcha.
1: So one of 11, number eight, not easy. No. From a monetary standpoint, as well as just a challenging- Okay, poor. Okay. <laughs> okay. But somehow you ate well.
0: Very lucky. My mother's form of love was food. I remember growing up, we were kids, she would give me underwear, socks, long johns for my birthday for Christmas. And when I got a little older to earn my own money, I would she would ask me what I wanted for my birthday, and it would always be food. It would either be her big z D or her rabbit catchatory. Those are my staples. Those are my favorites.
1: I've had that rabbit cassatory. Right, right? Yeah. It's tasty, right? So when is that coming on the menu? I'm is, working on it. Is that replicatable?
0: Yeah, now, yeah, my sister does a really good job. Okay. She's just concerned about... I, I tell her the same thing. We have to teach people how to eat. You know, that's what a chef does. A chef doesn't work out of a cookbook. A chef is an artist. Me, my art is my palate. So I taste it. It tastes good. We work it together. And she's afraid that... People wouldn't be open to eating rabbit cacciatore and I tell her we should just put it out there and let them try it because once they've had it, they'll always want it. Like you, you've had it. You ate my mother's rabbit cacciatore, yeah. so you remember.
1: Yeah, it's top shelf. So my God, so food, tough upbringing. Food, obviously, something that- Mainstay is- of the house.
0: My mother, she'd wake up. Everything we ate, they consider organic now. The sauce came out of the tomato. The vegetables came out of the garden. There was 11 of us. They weren't, they hadn't. No money. So they grew their, they were farmers back in Italy. So that's why they had 11 kids or eight before they left because they were going to work the soil. So my mother, if she was alive today and I was 35 years old, hypothetically, my sisters are very talented, but my mother was next level. She cooked everything from scratch. The pasta was from scratch. The sauce was from scratch. Everything she made came out of her hands. Nothing, olive oil, garlic, pepper flake. That's it. A little bit of salt. That's all she used. Basil.
1: Just the basics.
0: Real simple. She always thought that if it was more than five ingredients and in something, it was it was too much.
1: So you guys had this—I mean—a a challenging childhood, to say the least. But food was a bond, and food was something that every
0: day, five thirty dinner time, and none of us missed it. None of us. You know, you all these kids running around. We were home to eat. We said fight for her food.
1: Wow! And then it, did you always eat well? Yeah, I
0: still eat well. That's never gone away. Yeah, but that was the man- we. Never ate a bad meal. My mother never made a bad meal. We were extremely spoiled with food.
1: So where did you get the gumption to, uh, you know, you didn't have a formal education, correct?
0: No, high school. I had to work my way out of the 12th grade too. I had to make a deal with the principal to get out. Expand. My English teacher, they put me in his honors English class. I didn't think I was was supposed to be there. And um, they anticipated, they set me up for college and i been telling them that college, I wasn't going to college. I needed to get out of the house, out of the neighborhood. I wanted to get out because I didn't think there was nothing there for me. And I couldn't afford to go into college because I had to pay for it. She didn't take a liking to me because I was a little, you know, I was a little, I I was a little opinionated. I said something there one time and she wanted to fail me. And back then in 1984, if you failed English, you couldn't go to summer school for it. You had to take it all over again. And I was going to be the first boy that graduated high school. until my brothers didn't graduate. My one brother went to trade school. My other brother dropped out. So there's some pressure on there for me to graduate. So my principal, I'm not going to mention his name. I don't even know if he's alive anymore. But he, when I found out she was failing me, I took the exam. And she said to me, I said, you know, things are going to be good. I really paid attention. I really studied for this one because she didn't like me. We really had all year. But I would always do well. I'd always do enough just to get. I knew that at my final, I needed a certain grade. To get, I forget, I was like an 85 to pass to get it all. And she, when I handed her my paperwork, she said, I'll see you next year. And I was sort of offended by it. I said something really stupid to her. So what I did was I beelined to the principal's office and I expressed to him my desire to graduate high school. He knew my family. He said, show up for graduation. I got my diploma.
1: Wow. <laughs> Man. Okay. So you graduate high school. You go off into the world. At what point, fast forward to Tenth and Willow.
0: I was 32 years old. I was living at home. I used to bartend in a couple of spots in but that spot in particular was a very busy bar.
1: When it was Uve's.
0: Uve's 89. In ninety-four, I started to work for UV there. I was I just moved back from Florida. I moved back with my parents. I decided at that point I wanted to save as much money as I could to start my life, to be successful. And um in ninety-eight, I went from ninety-four I worked a couple of years, ninety-six went back to Florida, ninety-seven came back to Jersey. Walked through that place. I ran into the previous owner and the place was failing. So I knew I could make it work. I made a deal with him. I assumed his debt for 50% of the business. 20 months later, the place was paid off.
1: I became partner. Beautiful. And it didn't always have the restaurant. I mean, it was burgers and fries. 2003,
0: we added, I I hired a chef, very talented young lady by the name of Dana Russo. And um, she changed the kitchen for me. We lost her in 2009, but I pay attention. So I enjoy good food and I kept her sous chef on, promoted him and he's been a mainstay, but he had been with me now, he's here with me 20 years. So he learned, right, he learned well, he did smart, did well.
1: So one thing that you told me that always uh, has has resonated well was that you'd never serve something that you wouldn't
0: eat. No, no, I eat everything there, Yeah, both places. That's where I eat, Yeah, I don't eat any place else. I used to eat pizza, now, Italian food my sisters would cook for me. I didn't go to any Italian restaurants. There's one in the city I enjoy. I like to go to Bar Petit. It's my favorite. I've been going there since 1990. Still there. Excellent food. Now that my sister's cooking across the street, you know, at, from the bar to 10th Street, I'm spoiled. Like today, I had chicken parm with a side salad.
1: Mm. Oh, so good. Out of control. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you have thought about the keys to your success, but for me sitting in the periphery, I've noticed... There are a few. Number one, well, uh, not necessarily in this order, but I'll just name them. The cleanliness factor. You've always been a clean freak. Very important. Kitchen, windows. Very important. Chairs. Yeah. Menus. Garbage. Everything. Garbage. Everything. Just clean. The relationships. Managing a bar. Not easy. Done a great job with that. Not easy, no. Yeah. None of that. Not easy whatsoever. And then, then just... Being again, getting back to the relationships of the the client service, customer service. You know, you remember everybody's name.
0: Let's talk about that. I don't know where I got that from, but my daughter has it. Really, she saw Amy's That's a gift, Rowan, and she, she's three years old. She hasn't seen Rowan in months, and she saw him the other day. She said, look, Rowan is here." And I looked at her, and it, I, I was shook because I understand how you feel because when I saw it, I was like, "Wow."
1: She hasn't seen him in months. She's three. The ability to remember names like that, there's lore about that. <laughs> Your yeah, ability I'm blessed. <laughs> uh, I understand Maria has that skill too. Is that true? Does she? That's what I was told. I don't know. I haven't Maybe. seen it work firsthand. but Maybe.
0: She probably, we, our parents didn't allow us much to be creative or work. They taught us how to work, but they did give us our freedom to think because there were so many of us, they really couldn't focus on all of us. So as we got down further, the supervision was from our siblings, the elders. My mother had a disciplinarian. My sister, my father. You know, we we knew to be careful around him because my mother would say, "Hey, I'm going to tell him." We would just straighten up. So, but if we didn't bend the curve or we didn't step out of center, we were okay to do what we wanted as long as we were in the house, in the in the where they could see us. Never leave the borders of like the driveway, the backyard. Because they were immigrants, growing up in Elizabeth, New Jersey, which. It's not the best neighborhood. No,
1: no, not at all. Is it better now than what it was? I don't was? think so. Really? Still the yeah, same? I don't think
0: so. I drove through there not long ago. I was afraid to get out of my car.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. And that's what you call home. <laughs>
0: that's what I call home. Wow.
1: So, Tenth and Willow, 1998. You turn it around in 20 months, and now it's a Hoboken staple. Marriages have come from there. Oh,
0: babies. I had someone last week, this past Friday, said to me, not only did couple, Mark... And Ashley, not only did they tell me that they met and got married out of there, but they knew five people. And then another girl, Stephanie, was sitting outside this weekend and she said the same thing. Me and my fiance met here. We're getting married in November.
1: I told you, I've met people in airports. I've met people in other states. That have, whether it's uh, partied there, eaten great meals there. Done, that's the nature of that business, though. Done business That's the nature out.
0: of that business. I mean, it's supposed to work that way. You do it right. That's what's supposed to happen. Correct.
1: Sure, All right. So here we are over 20 years. What would you say are some of the keys to your success?
0: Consistency, being consistent.
1: Mm-hmm. Food
0: is the same. Drinks are the same. Staff. I've had staff there 20 years, 15 years, 13 years. Huge. Yeah. Like you said, the place being clean. Mm-hmm. Being there as long as we've been there. Because we're there that long- we're going to be there longer.
1: Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, 100%. 22 years
0: in, is you another opportunity to do another 22 years. Because yep. they expect, if it's consistent, they come back.
1: How difficult has it been? Because almost your success is a, a blessing and a curse. I mean, it's a blessing, obviously, because it builds on itself and people come there and all the good things. But again, anyone who's ever visited your establishment on a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday night, there's a line around the corner. And that's got to be tough on the neighborhood. To manage, yeah. How have you been able to do that? I'm a good neighbor. Yeah. All those neighbors have my cell
0: phone number. They have my head of security cell phone number. They have my DJ cell phone number. We communicate. We're not trying to hurt people. Yeah. I just want to get people married. Yeah. I'm a Valentine's Day baby. I'm a true believer that a good salad needs good ingredients. You know, Mm -hmm. a good pasta, a good sauce. Everything needs a good, and a boy and a girl, they make a good salad. I've always considered myself a matchmaker more
1: than a chef. How have the five senses, how do they affect the business?
0: Sight, sound, touch, taste, they all pertain there. They all work. One of the few industries, the movie industry, you've got two. You've got sight and sound emotion. Here you've got sight, the music, sound, each other, taste, the food, the drink, touch, if they get friendly, scent, when they get real close to each other, all five senses are working in that environment. When you do it properly, if you nail it, it's like
1: it'll last 22 years. So what are the challenges that you face? I mean, this is a tough industry. you know, Challenges, the- challenges.
0: Yeah. The neighborhood, like you, like you said, running that volume in that neighborhood, being consistent, hard, that costs money.
1: Yeah. What about issues with drunks? How do you deal with that? How have you been able to deal with that for 22 years? I mean, I know that you're very strict about letting people in, so you know, you don't we, let we them cut in them off. That, yeah. well,
0: I've, ta- I've taught my staff. We've been really fortunate, too, as I've taught my staff. The issues always start outside. Inside, once they're inside, it's like you go to a party with 250 people, mm-hmm. and everybody drinks at the same speed. It's high; at, they're drunk at the same speed. It's a good party. You throw a party for 250 people, and one person walking, and he's the drunkest of all. Mm-hmm. You could have a problem because he's on a different level of high. So I've always instructed my staff: you want everybody at the same speed. There's one that's too drunk? We don't let him in. We protect the front door. That's the most important.
1: And then how, but again, it's like I I liken running a bar to like driving a car. You drive enough times, you're going to get a ticket. How? 22 years. How have you avoided any major issue?
0: Relationships. You said it earlier. Blessing and a curse. Victim of success. When you're present, when I'm present in that establishment, I'm playing chess. I also teach my staff, watch through the windows. Normally, you can avoid, again, I've learned that the issues always start outside. If you can figure out, if you can watch your clientele walk through that door and you can figure out the troublemaker, they always show themselves. You just got to talk to them. So you just got to talk to people, watch them, watch them, watch them, check them, talk to them. And I've been able to do it because our clientele is a little older. They're educated. They're not troublemakers. It's funny. Someone told me a long time ago that the place takes over the personality of the person running it. So me... My vibe is to get everybody like hooked up. I want to introduce everybody to everybody. So I'm creating a party. When you create a party, you put people in a good mood. Nobody wants to go out and fight. Boys want to meet girls. Girls want to meet boys. That's the nature of what I do. It's like a good meal. You put the right spices together. You eat a steak or you eat a pasta. It's like, oh, shit, that was good. Yeah. It's the same thing. You got the right kind of mix of female and male. You add a little booze. That's the spice. Make sure you know they're all fucking. Everybody's happy
1: beautiful thing (laughs) so wow 22 years and then here we are how many years now is uh 10th street it'll be three in september wow three years which is new which is pretty short i don't think it's a long time yeah no it's not but again you've already hit some pretty acclaimed fame yeah let's talk about that actually you know what let's rewind let's talk about you you launch i guess september of 2017 2017. i actually remember that pizza wasn't as good no
0: pizza was actually wasn't good at all
1: i wouldn't go that far no it wasn't good it was okay.
0: It wasn't what it is now. Not even close. There was somebody else involved. There was someone I was going to partner with that I thought could alleviate some pressure for me because I really didn't. I really wasn't motivated to do pizza. I was having a baby. Things were different. I wanted to spend time with my family. I had just done 19 years at the bar. I wanted to spend more time with my family, enjoy my daughter. I didn't want to work all over again. I didn't want to start because I know. I know some people can just open up a restaurant. And not worry about the quality that comes out of there. I'm not one of those people. The work it takes to have that kind of dedication or pride in your food takes time. I would have to spend time there. So I was hopeful that this young man was able to bring his recipe in and sell his pizza. But his pizza wasn't good.
1: It was good. It just wasn't your standard of good. Okay. That's
0: good. Yeah. That's that's a good way to put it.
1: Yeah. I don't want to defend him, but it's more of, again, a feather in your cap because- Next level. So, and it took some time. I mean, it didn't come out of the gate.
0: Not at all. No, it took. It was a process. The pizza is actually better now than it was six months ago.
1: I think it's better now than it was one month ago. Yes,
0: yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. I think we finally gotten close to the product that we're going to sell for a long time. There.
1: How much of that has to do with, I guess, even just the ovens being seasoned? Well, we yeah. bought
0: used ovens with new bricks. Yep. So that had
1: to take time. That a could part be, of it I mean I know there's a lot well, it's of- also dealing with the the
0: teaching of making it some people have bad habits they make the last couple of months I've been able to spend more time there I've had more time to spend there which has allowed me to teach these guys how to make that pizza allowed me to work with my sister because my palate is what makes me my money for me my sense of scent my smell and my taste are extremely sensitive so if it's good for me it's better than most people for most yeah.
1: people Side note here, why, why do you think most people have really poor palates?
0: They're not taught how to eat. People need to be taught how to eat. The luxury of what I had, my mother, a gourmet chef, cooking for us all the time. I would go out to eat with my friends, and they would Burger King, White Castle, McDonald's. As a young kid, 18, 19, 20 years old, I wouldn't eat it. <laughs> I would tell them they were crazy to eat it. Where back then, growing up in the hood, that was, a, oh, McDonald's, oh, wow, like, you know, White Castle, that was Late night, every night after the nightclub, we went to the diner. I'd be like, why just want eggs and bacon? Because my mother wasn't didn't make breakfast. We mm. weren't my mother, did, but breakfast was a, three raw eggs with sweet vermouth, or and we'd swallow it. That was breakfast. Mm. A cup of coffee, espresso. It wasn't the Italians don't eat breakfast. It's
1: it's not how it is. How are you keeping this engine running? You got two restaurants, both thriving. Oh, actually, you know what? Let's, let's go back a little bit. So here we are, six months ago, Barstool.
0: Barstool January, yeah.
1: Okay, so January, twenty twenty, you're not even there. The one time yeah. you and I were together, the one time that you're not it was there, Monday night, yeah, by five o'clock. Yeah, yeah I, was, I wasn't there. Tell the story.
0: Portnoy Barstool Sports. If you listen to this, Dave, I, I appreciate your help. I really do. I appreciate the eight point six. I think today, it's a better pizza. Yeah. yeah. He helped me there too because I was upset. I wasn't in the nines.
1: Interesting. So there it is, that Monday, that happens, the word, you know, locally. That Thursday,
0: the review went out that Thursday.
1: No turning back.
0: No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. It's been chaos ever since.
1: Yeah. Controlled chaos. Yeah. All the, the grub hubs, all the different, you know, ordering systems, overflowing, delivery, people I, waiting I at the door. I stopped all of that. You did?
0: Well, I didn't want to compromise the product, and it got to a point where the grub hub, it seemed as I wanted to talk to people. I wanted them to come in and order it or deal with us. And I didn't like the twenty percent they were charging us. Yeah. So we don't want really to deal with them. And now it's all in-house only.
1: So has it been hard? You could have gotten it quicker to cash. Oh yeah. No question, right? Definitely. No question. So what's held you back from doing that? Is it just the pride in the product?
0: It's the same thing with Tenth and Willow. We've talked about this many times. You and I and privately, Adam, you know. Replicatable, repli- whatever that word is, you can do it. But sometimes you compromise the product. I'm not quite there yet. I don't, I like the fact that we're creating something in Hoboken, which is known for baseball, Frank Sinatra, and now pizza. It's got Hoboken. As far as I'm concerned, there has been some decent pizza in Hoboken, but the best pizza I think comes out of Manhattan or Brooklyn. So that was my motivation, and I I'm a pizza freak. It's my second favorite food.
1: Behind the cacciatore?
0: No, behind the Italian food. For me, it's food I grew up with, pizza, and then Cuban food. So now I've created a version of a Cuban sandwich that I've been... I've, I've told you I want to make it for you. So I had one yesterday. It was excellent.
1: Is this an ode to Jose, or what do we... What, the Cuban food? Yeah.
0: No, I grew up with some Cubans, and their parents... I got lucky. They were immigrants from Cuba, too. So as a young kid, I was able to eat really good Cuban food. So... I enjoy the Cuban sandwich. I enjoy certain dishes that I can help create. So now I'm, I've been making this Cuban sandwich now for the last three months.
1: I want to make one for you. All right. Is it almost is it ready for game time? Oh, yeah. I had it yesterday. It was All excellent. Right. All right. Does that sit on 10th Street or is that going to go Tenth to 10th? That will be at 10th Street. Yeah, yeah. I got
0: a couple of recipes on there that I, I've stolen from other people. Not sure. recipes, some dishes that I've eaten someplace else that I've tweaked.
1: Yeah, you just pick and choose. Yep. Gotcha. At what point do you expand? When's the next 10th and Willow? Okay, the next. Soon. Might
0: be a hybrid of both. Or what I'm recognizing now is that pizza place. I mean, I had no idea that demand for pizza was that great. I had no idea. I mean, I'm a pizza guy.
1: Good pizza, not...
0: Oh, good pizza. Well, yeah. the only one, yeah, for me, I say pizza. I, it's John's Pizza for me, the Farris Pizza in 10th Street. That's it. So my motivation for that round pie was John's. And my motivation for the square pies was the Ferris. I asked for a job there about 20 years ago. He wouldn't give it to me. Yeah, I walked in there, brought him homemade wine. I would I'd go there once, twice a month. I cleaned up his shop for him. He thought I was crazy. Almost stole his garbage, but I didn't need to. I figured it out <laughs> on my own how to do it.
1: <laughs> good, good stuff. And do you fear anyone's going in and stealing your garbage?
0: No, because the same thing I thought about him when I, when I thought about stealing his garbage. They're there, but you have to put it together. Someone's got to taste it.
1: Yeah. The food's good, but one of the things that I tell people is that when you go there, it's an experience. And it's a shame because the bar stool, you know, again, the. the
0: no, we would have had fun.
1: Correct. Him and I, I would have had some fun. 100%. There's some pretty famous people that are coming there. You go out of their way. So the people that are listening, if people want to get involved, is there an opportunity to get involved? Or are you trying to keep it close to the vest? Where are you at? I, I, I don't mean to kind of put you on the spot and spring this, but. I've always had partners
0: now i'm by myself it feels good if there was real
1: money maybe i mean they're silent partners they don't necessarily you know you can be the gp the general partner and then you have uh, these things called maybe limited if partners. it's the right
0: if it's the right mix i would be interested in anything because I, I know that pizza this is going to happen quick i've got i've got some loose ties to tighten up once that's done pizza's next and the next one's coming right away because i i had no idea like i said earlier i'd you know, I always thought the way to make money was in the alcohol, and I was wrong.
1: Well, there's alcohol there. I mean, there's money in alcohol now. Yeah, but
0: I like pizza. Everybody eats pizza. Not everybody drinks.
1: It's a good point. Well, let's go back to drinking. You don't drink? No. Has that contributed to some of the success oh, yeah, that you've definitely. had in the tent? Yeah. Sure.
0: Of course. If you drink, again, that whoever's running either one of those establishments, the personality of that person, the whole place will take off the same personality, because I don't drink my staff doesn't drink. If I was a drunk, there's six, seven days a week, I'd be drinking with them because they would be becoming my, you know, we'd become friends. I don't drink, no. Perfect for me. That yeah, business.
1: Yeah, that is good. What have been some other good things that have come to you as a result of being here in Hoboken, being on that corner of 10th and Willow?
0: What has happened to me? I met a lot of people. Old friendships I hadn't seen in years. People have walked into my life there. I met a lot of people from all over the world, politicians, movie stars, athletes. I I met the mother of my daughter at that place, you know, which is the the biggest blessing of my life right now. It's a lot of the good things have come out of there.
1: I mean, just think about all the places that you've also gone and then bumped into people.
0: Oh, yeah, all over. I was in Tuscany one time having breakfast, and I hear someone say to me, hey, Mario, is that you? And I look over, and... The woman I was with had she couldn't believe I couldn't believe it, but yeah, it was me and he. We knew each other.
1: I mean, we have bumped into people in Aruba and Atlantic City, St. John. You know, yeah. I bumped into people. Oh yeah, St. John. Saint John. Yeah, my I friends' into, weddings. Yeah, I, is, bumped, uh, I bumped into people.
0: Bahamas. I've walked everywhere. Cayman Islands. I've walked I, I, Vegas. I've everywhere I've been. I've, I've met everywhere I've traveled to, except for Moscow. I've run into somebody. I, I was in Positano two years ago. I'm walking down on the Amalfi Coast. I'm walking down on my way to Capri. I've got my suitcases. Me, my daughter, and her mother were walking down to get to the boat. And what do I, Mario, is that you? And I'm like, yep, that's me. And they they still shop at Tenth and Willow. I see them there two weeks ago. Isabella and her parents. We took the boat right over to Capri. He helped me my luggage.
1: Yeah. So relationships have clearly been oh, good. Oh, big time. You have been good to you. I talk about, in, with my work, Teaching people how to build relationships and stuff—that they're, you know, one of the most important people. What I call a super connector. That's you. Is someone? Yeah, but not a, a super connector it would be someone like yourself. Someone who is a, at the hub, a maitre d' or an owner of a restaurant.
0: Oh, you meet. You have the opportunity to meet all these people.
1: Hundred percent, and they want to talk to you. Barbers, 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 barbers too. Barbers Makes are, sense. Yeah, yeah, are, they make sense. Yeah, I mean, just doing they it. want to talk to you.
0: You have an opportunity to talk to them, and it, you you can spend some one-on-one time with them. In a positive environment that they want to be at,
1: one hundred percent.
0: So you have their attention.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're happy when they're, they're visiting. Happy. Oh you, yes, you, yes, yes. They're in
0: a good booth. They want to be there. They come to have fun. They come to eat. Food is good. The moment is good, and they they like you because yeah. of
1: that. No, yeah. you you've created that experience. Yeah. That experience. Yep. That, that fun. So what's next? Are you, you going to do this? Is it? Yes, you, yeah. Okay,
0: pizza. So that's it. Pizza. So the next calling. time
1: that we do this, assuming this records properly pizza we will talk about more pizza we'll talk about more pizza. yeah
0: i'm gonna work on pizza that's gonna be i didn't know i thought it was something else but i guess that's my calling we should have to follow it for now
1: yeah all right i really appreciate you doing this a second time thanks for having me on the third time we're gonna be talking about your next place thank you sir all right ciao thanks for listening to conversations with connor's a network wise podcast if you or someone you know is looking for a career change building a business seeking to expand sales or is just generally interested in improving your overall health and happiness, then head on over to NetworkWise.com to gain access to a plethora of resources to help you build your networking skills and community. Those who are ambitious will network. The ones who succeed will NetworkWise.